haven't and uh, welcome to Sunday Night Local. Here we are 8pm again on Sunday evening. I don't know how the week goes so quickly and uh, but great to have you joining us again this evening whether you're watching this live or maybe you're catching up with us a little bit later on throughout the week. Um, whether you're there right now Sunday evening or whether you're catching up with us later on a massive welcome to you and uh, thank you for being part of our teaching uh, this evening. It's been a very random day looking out the window and uh, from going to glorious sunshine through to um, pouring down with rain again and uh, but I hope that you've managed to enjoy your day no matter what it's looked like and we managed as a Kerry family to sneak out uh, when the sun was shining for a moment and head to the park and we are in operation teach Jenna how to ride her bike and so we're at the beginning stages of that she's doing brilliantly she's pedaling along really fast and we're not nearly at the letting go stage and seeing her ride for herself so we'll keep you updated with how um, that's going but I hope that you've had a great day and just as we let people join in uh, with what's happening this evening as people are logging on let me just give another quick plug for the Stronger Worship Night that we've got coming up and it's a, an evening that we're calling Stronger because we believe that people are going to be strengthened in God's presence that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength the Bible says and so on the 11th of November and the 2nd of December we've got two evenings both of them are available for pre-registering now and you need to pre-register for these events uh, instead of just turning up on a night because of all that's uh, going on at the moment um, but that night is going to be a night where we hear from God where we're ministered to by the worship team we're going to take communion together on both of those evenings it's all going to be done COVID securely and all that kind of stuff so you can come knowing that you're in a safe environment but knowing that you're in a place where we can experience God's presence together and there's something about a corporate anointing so I'd really encourage you I'm excited about this make sure that you don't miss out just go to family.church or click on the email uh, link that was sent out on Friday evening and be a part of that time together all right well we've talked long enough let's head to uh, the word of God and turn your Bible to Galatians chapter 5 uh, this evening Galatians chapter 5 and we're continuing our teaching on what it means to walk by the Spirit what it means to display the fruit of the Holy Spirit and remember we've been teaching that you can't do this in your own strength you can't produce this through your own humanity it comes as we surrender to God as we um, put aside our own wants and our desires we realize that it's no longer I who lives but Christ who now lives in me and as we do that we allow the Holy Spirit space to produce his fruit within us and we start to display all of God's nature to the world around us so Galatians chapter 5 let's read this tonight from a message paraphrase we've looked at a number of different translations and paraphrases uh, that bring out different flavors of this text uh, but let's read this together uh, from the message paraphrase this evening Galatians chapter 5 beginning at verse 16 Paul says my counsel is this live freely animated and motivated by the Spirit of God then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness Skip down to verse 19. It says, It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied wants. 
a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into rival. These are the things that we see all around us, aren't they? Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I have warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. But what happens when you live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. I love that, that the gifts of God and the fruit of God begins to display in our life like fruit appearing in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compass in the heart, a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. So as we said last week, the journey of discipleship is always one of moving away from the acts of the flesh and more and more embracing and displaying the fruit of the Spirit in our life. So what have we looked at so far? We've looked at love, joy, peace, patience. And last week we began to look, or we did look at kindness. Now tonight, we're going to look at goodness. And you may say, well, hang on, Pastor Steve, aren't those two things the same thing, like kindness and goodness? Aren't they just one and the same? I believe that they're both two distinct characteristics of who God is. I believe that uh, they can be displayed in different ways, and we're going to look at that together this evening. You see, last week we talked about kindness, and kindness really is um, us displaying God's grace to other people. Remember, we looked at that in the context of a Good Samaritan, the parable that Jesus uh, told and we, we talked about that and that's available for you to catch up uh, via our YouTube channel. Um, but goodness is, is something slightly different. Goodness, I've put in my notes, reflects the righteousness of who God is. If you're taking notes this evening, write that down. Goodness reflects the righteousness of who God is. And we're going to discover that and explore that together this evening. So Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 4, let's read this together. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4. You got a cup of tea or coffee with you. This is my one of my favourite mugs, bought for me from uh, by a couple of people a while back. And this is my go-to mug in the morning when I read the word. That is my go-to mug. So there you go, inside knowledge. Deuteronomy thirty-two, verse four says this about God and His righteousness and who He is. He is the rock. His ways are perfect, and all His ways are just. He is a faithful God who does no wrong upright and just is he. I love those verses. This is our father. This is our God. This is the one that we serve. And when we read those verses, we get a picture of exactly who he, who he is, that he is upright, that he does not waver, that he can do no wrong, that he is our rock, as Pastor Stu uh, led us in worship singing this morning. And this gives us a righteous God. We need to understand that goodness is about us displaying that righteousness to the world around us. Now, when Paul um, talks about goodness being part of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, he uses this word agaphosune, agaphosune, and that comes from the root word agaphos. Now, agaphos speaks of this. It's the desire and the action to boldly live out God's righteousness. It's the desire and the action 
to boldly live out God's righteousness. Now, when we look at goodness, when we recognize it in our own lives, that's exactly what it should be. It should start with this deep desire within us, born on by the Holy Spirit, then followed by action that displays God's righteousness to the world around us. So instead of living by what the world would term as good, we live by what the word declares God to be. Now, I don't know about you, but um, you know, when you watch a film like um, Braveheart, let's go with that, Braveheart, or um, something like, um, what was that film? Amazing Grace with William Wilberforce when it talked about that, or maybe just a Bond film, I don't know. But when you watch a film where there's a hero and somebody who saves the world and somebody who does something or stands up for something and everybody cheers them and they're the hero and they make a difference and they leave the world a better place. I don't know about you, but do you sometimes walk away from the cinema, drive away from the cinema, switch off your telly and you think, I, I wish I could be that person in the film. I wish I could be like them. I wish I was them. Because there's something within each of us, I believe, that desires to do good that wants to be seen as the person doing good, that wants sometimes to even be the hero of standing up for other people and changing the world around us. And yet the truth is that we've got to be careful that when we strive for goodness, that we're not living to show our goodness of, but we're actually displaying the goodness of who God is. There's a massive difference as we're going to see tonight. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness. Now when Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit, he, he talks about a number of things that are the characteristics of the nature of God. And there's a number of things within there, things like patient, kindness, goodness, uh, sorry, self-control. Words that all have this thought of stepping back and making sure that the way that we're living is in line with God's Spirit now within us. Goodness, however, is different to the rest of those. Goodness is not about stepping back. Goodness is about stepping forward and stepping up and saying, I want to live to display the righteousness of God. I want to display the goodness of God in my own generation. And so instead of settling for mundane, instead of settling for what the world would view as good, we live for God's standard of excellence. When we surrender our own version of good, when we stop trying to be good in our own strength and we allow the Holy Spirit just to be displayed through our life, then we show and we model excellence to the world around us. Now, if you've got your Bibles with you, having laid that foundation, let's flick to Psalm chapter 25. We're going to be in uh, this psalm for the majority of this evening. So Psalm chapter 25, if you've got a Bible, I'd encourage you um, to turn there, have your pen and your paper ready to take some notes uh, on this psalm. Psalm chapter 25. So we're going to read about David who was looking to display God's goodness. He was striving to display God's goodness. Now, something that we need to remember, of course, is that David only knew God on the outside. We now know God on the inside. We have God on the inside. So he was striving in his own strength to display goodness, but he was going after God's goodness. And within this Psalm, Psalm 25, we're going to see some important teaching tonight. Let's read this together. Psalm 25 verse 4 to verse 7. It says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Saviour. And my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. 
Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Now I want us, as I said, to spend some time in these verses tonight, because within these verses, I want us to look at three things that I believe David shows us as to what it is to aim for God's goodness. Now again, he was striving for it on the outside. We now have it on the inside and can display it when we allow the Holy Spirit to have room and space in our lives and we decide to walk by the Spirit and not to walk by the flesh. But the first thing is found in verse 4 and the beginning of verse 5. David says this, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. Number one, if you're taking notes, David is seeking to know God. David is seeking to know God, not just know about him, not to get secondhand information, not just to have head knowledge about who he is, but to have heart revelation about who God really is. Now, why do we need to do this? Why did David need to do this? Because David understood that if he was really seeking for true goodness, then that couldn't be found in himself. That couldn't be found by looking around at the world around him because he would not have a good enough example of what true goodness was. It can only be found in God. Only God has the answers. Only God can reveal to you true goodness. And when we go to God, we find a God who is upright and just and pure and faithful, a God who is our rock. Now, David says these words, show me your ways, Oh Lord, how could we put that? I, I believe in essence he's saying this, God, I want to see through your eyes. Imagine if that was our prayer each day. God, as I want to display your goodness, I want to see through your eyes. When I see the unsaved person, I, I want to see them through your eyes. When I think about church, I want to view it through your eyes. When I think about my workplace, I want to view my workplace through your eyes. David even talks about his own sin. He says, uh, when I, I want to know how you view my sin. When I mess up and I fall short of the glory of God, I want to see how you view that. What do you see, God? What a great question for us to ask as we want to display God's goodness. God, what is it that you see in the world around me? David knew that he had to go to God for direction. Now, as I keep saying, David only knew God on the outside. We now know him on the inside and when we surrender to the Holy Spirit we say have your way show me your version of good we will begin to display true goodness Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 didn't he that we should seek first the kingdom of God are you somebody who is seeking God's goodness who is seeking to know him not just head knowledge but heart revelation about who he truly is seeking to discover his goodness in your life and to view the world as he views it. Okay, how do we seek God? Now, one of the ways, of course, is we have a healthy prayer life. Not just um, that we go to God and ask him for stuff, but in our prayer time that we actually get to know him. We desire to know him. Think about that for a moment. That's a good challenge for us, isn't it? When you pray, are you just asking for stuff or are you there to discover more of who God is? There's a big difference. Another way that we seek God is in what we're doing tonight, of course, by being in his word. Now, again, you can study God's word and, uh, and get head knowledge. But what about heart revelation? 
What about really discovering who God is, the, the very essence of his character? Because remember, every time you pick up the Bible and you open it up, the word of God is living. It's alive. It's active in your life. And when we have the Holy Spirit within us, the Holy Spirit is our teacher who will lead us into all truth. So when we open up the pages of God's word, we discover this is who God is. This is how good he is. This is the goodness he displays. Let's read those verses, Hebrews 4 verse 12. Speaking about the, good, uh, the, the word of God, it says this, For the word of God is living and active and it's full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. I love those words. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of a soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intention of the heart. So how about us tonight? How about you? How often are we found delving into the Word of God? Again, not just to know about Him, but to know Him for ourselves. Not from a place of um, legalism. But the question is this. Are we constantly moving aside the wisdom of God and the teaching of God and the, the explanation of God's goodness and, and taking on a form of our own goodness by just reading the newspaper or seeing what other people are doing it? Because if we do then the process ultimately stops there. If we want to know what it is to display true goodness, we've got to know God for ourselves. David recognised that, but he also recognised something else, which what we're about to read, it's incredible when you think about the time in which he was living. But listen to what he says. Let's pick it up from where we left off in verse 5. He says, For you are God my Saviour, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious waves, ways. According to your love, remember me. You see, David not only sought the knowledge of who God was, but he understood this. David recognised, number two, that he was in need of a saviour. David recognised that he was in need of a saviour. That at his very core, he was a sinful being in need of something greater than himself. Now this is incredible because David's writing this and speaking this at a time when of course Jesus hadn't yet come to die for his sin. And he didn't have any of that. But he knew within himself that he needed forgiveness. He needed rescuing. He needed a saviour in that moment. Now tonight... We don't need to beat ourselves up again about our sin and our past mistakes and our failings and the mistakes that we got ourselves into because it's all been dealt with at the cross, amen? But we are new creations. Old things have passed away. All things have been made brand new. But the reality is, when we forget that for a moment, when we try and live right in our own strength, when we try and be good and do good in our own ability, what we do is we walk according to the flesh that Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5 and we forget that we have a need for a saviour. We forget that outside of God there is nothing actually good within us. Now I know that may jar some people watching tonight because just as we taught uh, a few months ago about how we can all say, oh, we're all children of God, but actually it's only those who place their faith in Jesus Christ who the Bible considers to be true children of God. Likewise, we can say, oh, are we good people? That person down the road, he's a good person. I'm a good person. I do good. The truth is, the Bible makes it clear that outside of God, there is nothing good 
within us. Now listen to these verses in case you don't believe me. Psalm 14 verse 1 says, Only the withering soul would say to himself, There is no God. Anyone who thinks like this is corrupt and callous, depraved and detestable, devoid of what is good. So outside the knowledge of God, we are devoid of what is good. Romans 3 verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is in the same boat here. All have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Isaiah 64 verse 6, we are all infected and impure with sin. Now this is the bad news, but good news is that we have a saviour Jesus Christ who died for us. So don't get too negative and despondent tonight. There is good news of the gospel, but this is the truth of who we are outside of God. Isaiah 64 6, we are all infected and pure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and we fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. So all humanity have this in common, that our condition is one of a need for a saviour, and that we can only know goodness through that saviour and through the Holy Spirit. For salvation comes through him alone. And David recognised that he needed something greater than himself. But when we start to live in our own strength, when we try to display goodness in our own ability, we, we're striving, we, we're trying for this element of goodness that we can never achieve outside of a knowledge of a saviour and outside of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need to recognise that we have a saviour and we need him. And without him, there is no version of good. But David doesn't stop there. In the end of his psalm, he says this, second half of verse 7. <clears throat> he says, for you are good, O Lord. The New King James Version puts it this way. For your goodness sake, O Lord. Now, no doubt you've heard that phrase or you've said that phrase at one time or another. For goodness sake. For goodness sake. Yeah, maybe when somebody um, cut you up in traffic or... Uh, maybe just disbelief at something, for goodness sake, whatever it might be. But whenever we say that, there's this, there's this connotation that whatever's happened is not good for us or not good for man. But, but in saying that, we miss the whole point of what David is saying here. Because David is, is making a, a point, not of disbelief, but he's saying this, for your goodness sake, O Lord. And the third thing we learn about David, remember David was knowing God on the outside, we know God on the inside. But here's the third thing we understand, that David lived to glorify God. David lived to glorify God. See, it's not about the good of man. David didn't discover who God was and recognise his need for a saviour so that he could glorify himself or so that other people around him could be glorified, but only so that God could be glorified himself. Now, when we think about the mentality of being seen to do good, of trying to be good, to stand up for other people and promoting a good cause, whatever it might be, when we do it with a subconscious thing of wanting to be noticed, wanting to be known as good, wanting to be known as a person who stands up for the rights of other people, often we can go into this thing of selfish ambition, which the Bible talks about as the acts of the flesh. But David here is saying, no, no, this is about promoting not ourselves, but about promoting God. Remember the teaching that 
Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6, he was very stern about when we do things that we should do them, not to glorify ourselves or to get noticed, but to glorify God. He talks about giving to the needy, doesn't he? And he says, don't, when you give to the needy, don't let, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And what he's saying is, don't let other people say, oh, oh, just by the way, just, um, I don't know if you noticed, but I gave this person five pounds. They were just hard up. And so I thought I'd best do this and just lent them some money. But don't tell other people. And by the end of the day, you've told 17,000 people you've did that one thing for that person. Jesus says, don't do it. Don't live that way. Give without anyone needing to know. Your Father in heaven will see it and you're glorifying God in that way. He says, when you pray, don't stand on the street corner, babbling on like pagans, thinking that you'll be heard because of your long prayer. He says, no, no, no. When you pray, go into your room. It's for the audience of one. You're seeking to glorify God and not doing it so that other people will notice you. He says, when you fast, comb your hair. Don't let people know you're fasting. <clears throat> don't walk around thinking, oh, you know, just I'm fasting and I feel so worn out and but, but God's good. No, 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 don't do any of that rubbish because God sees what you're doing. Glorify God by just doing things for the audience of one. And Jesus is making the point, whenever we do something, don't do it to be noticed because we live for the glory of God. Goodness is about allowing God to be seen, about allowing God to be the hero, allowing God to be glorified because he alone is worthy of glory and honour. Revelations chapter 4 verse 11 says, Worthy of, are you, our Lord and our God, to receive the glory and the honour and the power. For you created all things and because of your will they exist and were created and were brought into being. For each and every single one of us who is taking part in this study tonight. Do you know, as we step out into a world that is broken, as we step out into a world where everybody's trying to rip each other apart or trying to applaud one another and trying to seek accolades in the, in the hopes and the love of other people, in this celebrity-obsessed world where magazines are full of, of what this person is doing and what that person, in this world in which we give Oscars to people for good acting and all this kind of stuff, and in this world where we put mankind on a pedestal, our church... Our hopes, our desires, our actions should seek to glorify God and not to glorify man. We should be pointing to God and not pointing to ourselves. But the problem with that for many Christians is that when we seek to glorify God, when we choose to stand up and live for God's goodness, do you know what? That's not always easy. That can lead to uncomfortable situations and uncomfortable conversations that can lead um, to difficulties in life. Let me look at some verses that Jesus declared, Matthew 7 verse 13 to 14. Because when you live for goodness, you can sometimes end up in a comfortable place, but Jesus told us that would be the case. Matthew 7 verse 13. He's teaching, he says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is a gate and broad and easy to travel is the path that leads to the way of destruction and eternal loss. And there are many who enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow and difficult to travel is the path that leads the way to everlasting life. And there are few who find it. Listen, I want to say to you tonight that the narrow and difficult path to trod will be difficult to stay on when we try to do it in our own strength. 
Jesus says, oh, that there's a wide, open expanse of road. It's easy to travel and there's so many people on there. There's traffic jams on there because everybody's going down this road, but it ultimately leads, ultimately leads to destruction. But he says, narrow and difficult is this other road. We won't be able to stay on this narrow and difficult road through mental ascent, through self-discipline, through trying it in our own strength. That ability to stay on that narrow path comes from the person of the Holy Spirit within us. And so the Holy Spirit can help us to be good and to do good in the context of God's goodness. Even at times when that isn't popular with those around you. Even at times when you have to leave the crowd and be in the place where you know God has called you to be. Even when that means that you aren't liked. Listen, Jesus wasn't liked when he stood for God's righteousness. But it's about living to please the audience of one. It's about living to reflect God's goodness and God's righteousness. And when we live that way, in the way that we've been called to live, the Bible actually says that we will find true life, life in abundance. So what does David teach us in Psalm 24? David sought to know God, to know his desires, to know his truth. Number two, David recognised his need for a saviour, that there is no ability in our own strength to do good and to be good. And lastly, number three, David lived a life for God's glory, no matter what the cost to his own life. Those three things, when we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, empower us to be men and women of goodness. My question to you tonight is this. Is there an area in your life where you know you're not displaying God's goodness? Is there an area in your life when you know that you're not displaying God's goodness? Now, I'm not talking about man's version of good, because we could all probably say, well, we've been told that one time or another that we're good people. We may feel I'm a good person. I'm talking about our goodness in the light of God's goodness. Are we modelling the goodness of God? That can't be produced in our own strength. It's a fruit of a spirit, not of ourselves. And if we are willing to surrender our ideas of good, and if we're willing to do these three things, if we're willing to seek to know who God is, what does that look like in your life? Are you just praying to get stuff? Or are you praying to get to know God? Are you in the word just to have head knowledge? Or are you looking to get heart revelation about who God is? Seek to know God. I want to encourage you to go on a journey of discovering who God is for yourself. Seek to know him. Get to know his goodness. Begin to ask that, that when you pray, you, you would say, God, help me to see as you see. Help me to see the unlovable with your agape love. Help me to reach out to those who are hurting. Let's seek to know who God is. Let's recognise our need for a saviour. Now I think we've all done that in the context of surrendering our life to Christ and, and being saved. But what about daily thanking Jesus? What about daily living in the knowledge that outside of him there would be no goodness in us? Do we take time to thank him, to worship him, to acknowledge that actually I can't do this in my own ability. Holy Spirit, I need you in my life. And Jesus, thank you that you are the saviour that I needed because there is nothing good within me. And thirdly, are we living our lives for the glory of God? Think about the motivations for some of the stuff that you do. 
What about if no one ever knew? What about if nobody noticed the good works that you were doing? Would you still do them? Because ultimately that's the question that determines, are we doing this to be noticed? Are we doing this that people would applaud us? Or are we doing this just simply to reflect God's righteousness to a broken world around us? It's a good challenge tonight, isn't it? Because I want to be somebody, I don't know about you, who reflects the glory of God, who reflects the righteousness of God, who reflects and displays what it truly means to be good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for time in your words tonight. Lord, I thank you for the challenge that, that David throws out to us. But Holy Spirit, we know, as we've been saying, that he only knew you, God, from a distance, as it were. We know you, Holy Spirit, having you intimately within us, Lord. And we know you and we can get to know you more. And Father, I just pray that there would be a desire within each and every single one of us that we wouldn't just know about you, but we would know you for ourselves. Father, I pray that, that you would open our eyes so that we would see as you see, so that we would think as you think. We want to know you, God, and not just know about you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for our saviour. I thank you that because of him, we can know what it is to reflect your goodness. And Lord, help us to understand that outside of him, we are nothing. But in Christ, we are all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, including living a life that reflects your glory. And Father God, I just pray that you search our heart and that you see the motivations behind all that we do, Lord. And I pray that they would be pure and they would be done in such a way to glorify your name. Father, this week, we want to display your goodness to all those around us so that they will see our good works and praise you in heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, I encourage you, read Psalm 24 again this coming week. See what you can put out of it. And uh, I hope that that's been a blessing to you. Let us know how that spoke to you tonight. And we'll be back here next Sunday for Sunday Night Local. Have a brilliant week. If you are a parent of young kids, have a great half term. And we'll see you again really soon.